Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hey, hello to you today. Welcome to this episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show, a podcast with the singular focus of deep diving into every big and every little thing that God has promised to us in his word. God's promises are real. They are prominent. And I want them to be so prominent in your life that you live believing them every second of every day. That's like my total ultimate end goal. Uh, We open the pages of our Bible and we read what's written there. And we discuss it on the show and we choose to believe that what it says is true for us. It's there for us in God's word, and it's true for us because it's in God's word written to us. So right now, today, today, it's for us. How do I know this? Because God is for us every day. So God's word and what he has promised in his word is also for us every day. God's promises are for his people, and we want to grab hold of everything that he has promised us. I think that's why you're here, because you want to grab hold of God's promises. If you didn't know that's what the show was about, when you clicked on it, hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Stick around for a minute, because today is a big deal. We're wrapping up a series on Romans 8, and the promises that we're going to talk about today, these are big. These are huge. Like We want every big thing and every little thing God has for us. Today, it's a big thing, a really big thing. I'm your host, Jan L. Burt, and you're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing on the Edify app. This is episode 99. So it's sort of a big episode today, as I just mentioned. It's like the closer for this series on Romans chapter 8. And, you know, anytime you, no matter where you're at in life, no matter your job, your ministry, um, your personal life, anytime we wrap up one thing that we've been working on, you know, we should try and do it well. We should end well because the ending of one thing is simultaneously the beginning of something else. You know what I mean? Like uh, next week on the podcast, I'll be talking about something else. I'm going to end this well because it kind of rolls into next week's episode, the next thing. So how you end is kind of how you begin. And even if you have a transition period, which is normal, you're going to sometimes have a transition where you're not fully there yet, but you know you're leaving where you're at right now. Transition well. Endings are important, so end well. Beginnings are important, so begin well. But transitions are also important. If you're in a transition, transition well. And by that, I mean don't strain and push and fight too hard to fast forward through the the time that it takes to go through the transition. Walk through it with Jesus at his pace. Sometimes it's going to be sit down, sit at my feet and learn of me for a bit. Sometimes it's going to be hold my hand and walk. Sometimes he's going to say walk through the Red Sea. Sometimes it'll be walk on top of the water. Sometimes he's going to say, let's run for a little bit. We're going to sprint for this part of it. Like Those are all pretty biblical things. When Elijah came down from the mountain and sprinted, he outran the storm and he outran uh, King Ahab and his horse-drawn chariot. That's amazing. Okay, so just go at the pace that he has for you, even in the transition time. So this is a this is a closer. 
on Romans chapter 8, this entire series. And the ending of this is important to me because there's a lot here in the three verses we're going to look at today. Good stuff. Sometimes it's... um, Sometimes it's important to just for me to just pause and make sure that you know that I know this is a big deal for you. I want you to grasp that this is a big deal for you. I'm excited about this, not because I had too many cups of coffee today. I actually have heart failure. I don't drink that much coffee that is caffeinated. I want to tell you that this is, I'm excited because God has something for you in this today. So please, please grab everything he's got for you. Go for the gusto. And the way that we do that as Christians is to get everything in a moment, a situation, a scenario, a podcast that God has for us. It stands to reason that if we end this Look, at Romans 8, well, we're going to begin the next thing well. That includes like when you get done listening to this podcast, uh, you're going to start better the next thing that you're doing, going back to work, rolling into your weekend, whatever it might be. Why? Because you're going to have the word of God and his promises right there in front of you as you move forward. So uh, bear that in mind. How you listen matters too, because I want you to hear it and believe it, not in one ear and out the other, but like this is your truth and you are, you're here for it today because you know it's God's word to you. When we end something on kind of a more sour note, I think we've all done that, that usually means that we start the next thing with that sour taste in our mouth. That's no fun. That's like, that's kind of, it's not the worst, but it's it's pretty bad. So let's work to end this series well. I'm going to do my part by really trying to help you see what is promised here. Paul had this amazing, fantastic way of ending his letters on a high note. And Romans 8, it's not the end of the book of Romans. It's a transition into chapter 9, but it's kind of like a mini ending because we're ending this chapter, which is known as a key chapter in the Bible. We're having a mini ending. So Romans 8 verses 37, 38, and 39. And I'm going to read from the Amplified first, and then I will read from the New Living Translation just just so you have both translations to kind of think about as I talk through this. Amplify first. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. For I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present threatening nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, that's a lot, which is good for us. When there's a hunk that's a lot, don't get intimidated and say, oh, that's a lot. I'm just going to skip to the next next verse. I don't even know what it means. No, no, say, Holy Spirit, that's a lot. So it means you got a lot for me in here. Show me what you want me to know. From the New Living Translation, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This sounds like a great way, like mind-blowing, awesome way to end this chapter. You know, like talk about ending on a high note. This is a high note. Verse 35, it talks about all these things that are completely unable to separate us from God's love. So this is this is 
what we talked about in last week's episode. So I'm bouncing back a little further to verse 35. Here are some things mentioned in that verse, things that we face on a regular, like on the regular, on a regular basis and things that we face less often. Okay. Here's, here's the first list that Paul says, these things can't separate you from God's love. And then he comes back in today's verses and he hits it again, more things that can't separate us from God's love. So it's like a one-two punch. It's a double whammy. He's really trying to drive this point home. So we really need to listen to what it is he's really, really trying to say to us. So things like calamity. Uh, Hello. Yeah, we've seen a lot of calamity the past couple of years on a global scale. Calamity, hunger, destitution, danger, persecution. These things are are. They're the painful stuff of life. And Paul lists them here for that reason. He's letting you know, hey, I get it. Life can be really hard. He doesn't like play it off like, oh, come on. It's not that big a deal. And he doesn't make that goofy guarantee that sometimes we present to people who who are, um, you know, we invite them into the church. We want them to know Jesus. And we sometimes lay out this, It's I say goofy because it is goofy, goofy faux promise that, oh, your life's going to be so good with Jesus. It is, but we're selling it like it's going to be problem-free. No, good does not mean problem-free. And the word of God in the New Testament or old never promises us some kind of a perfect life in this life. That's in the next life that we get the zero pain promise. Like in this life, you know, Paul is saying you, you're going to, you're going to bump into these things and some of them are going to be really hard. He doesn't pull punches and he doesn't pretend But he's telling us something, he's telling us this so he can tell us the next thing that he really wants us to get, okay? So, because things are, these are on the extreme end. Hunger, destitution, calamity, persecution, those are like on the extreme end. We, We don't live in the westernized society in danger every day. We just don't. That's like the really hard stuff of life. He lays it out because he's saying there's, there's, that's the hardest stuff. And so, of course, there's other stuff not as hard. A lot of other things that are not on this extreme list. And those things are still difficult. They're still going to be hard. Hard on us. Hard on the people we love. Hard on the people that we care about. Hard on the people that we do life with. But he hits on the worst case scenario here because he really, really wants us to understand that even these things, even the very tippy top pinnacle of the hard stuff cannot, cannot, absolutely cannot separate us from Christ's love. That, my friend, is super good news that I need to be reminded of regularly, and I'm thinking probably somebody else needs to as well. That's the springboard. That's verse 35. That's the springboard that launches us into verses 37, 38, and 39. Okay, yet in all these things, and this is how it starts in 37, yet in all these things, and all, when When God's word says all, it really does just mean all. By definition, all means all. It does not mean some. It does not mean some. So be aware in your mind, in your thinking, it's possible to kind of like switch out that word all for some or most. And you do this without without even realizing you do it, okay? Let me give you some examples. You've probably experienced this where you don't outright disbelieve something that God's word says, but you might categorize it thinking, oh, that's so true. Man, that's so true. I hope that happens in my life sometime in the future. All right. What if God wants it to happen now? He's not giving you a rain check, so don't give him a rain check. Man, that's true, but I hope it's true for the future. You're trying to hedge your bets there. You're trying to play it safe. That's what you're trying to do internally. You're trying to protect yourself in case it's not true. You know what? It is true. So you don't need to hedge a bet against something that's 100% verifiable, true, trustworthy. You can build your life on it. You build your life on the rock. It's solid. 
build it there and believe it. Or maybe you think like this, you know, yeah, yeah, that's true. Man, I'm praying that for my, for my children, my kids' lives. I'm praying that, uh, that close friend of mine at work. I'm praying that my spouse. Oh man, I'm praying that my parents. Oh man, I'm praying that for them, but you might never pray it or believe it for your own life. Okay, so that's some of the ways that we switch out all for some or all for later or all for possibly, maybe, partially, right? You might switch it out all for most, but you're not really saying all is all. I want you today to realize that when we start reading these verses, verse 37, 38, 39 in Romans 8, and it says, yet in all these things, all means all, okay? Get that locked in your brain because that's the truth that you need to know. That's why it's in God's word because it's the truth that you and I need to know. And if we need to know it, uh, we need to believe it. We need to live like it's true because it is true. Okay, so um, this is just super common. I don't say that to harp on anybody. I say it because it's super common and we do it automatically without even really thinking about it. But I want to reverse that, turn it on its head and say, let's think about it. Why not think about it? And let's make it better, our thinking. Let's improve our thinking per the word of God because the way we think is the way that we live. And we want to live life to the full life abundantly, the best possible life we can, because our thinking is aligned with God's word. I want everything God has promised to me in this life. I don't want to get to eternity, step into my eternal life and go, oh, I missed a lot because of unbelief. No, 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 no. That's again, that's, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Land your plane on this runway. Let me give you a refuel and let's disembark some of this stuff. All means all, all doesn't mean most. Wherever you've thought it means most or some, Get that off your plane and pack your plane full where all means all. You believe it. You know it. And nobody can dissuade you from it. Not even Satan himself. Okay. So we nip that kind of thinking in the bud. And we switch our thoughts up. We do that little switcheroo. And we say, oh, oh no, no, no. This is for me. This is for me because uh, God's promised it. And he's not a respecter of persons. He's not judging me based on my followers on social media, the number in my bank account, how many years I've been a Christian. No, uh, I'm not excluded. And I'm not on some heavenly wait list. There's no such thing, just so you know. I I can pray this for my children, and I can pray it for my dear friend, for my spouse, and I can also pray it for myself. There is room at the table for me today. God's promises are big enough for all of his followers. So thank you, Lord, that this word is my word right now in the here and now. Okay. So all really does mean all. And so verse 37 tells us that in all these things, no matter what the, these things are on any given day, we are more than conquerors and we gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us. Those are whopper size promises. Like not Whopper Jr., like Whopper size. This is big news. This is big news. Like this is the biggest news story in my life right now. This should be the biggest thing going right now. The loudest voice in the room, the biggest news story in my life right now is this. No matter what, no matter what, I am more than a conqueror. Really think about that. How cool is that? More than a conqueror. As if being a conqueror, like conquering all these things, as if that were not enough, God promises more. I am more. I am more than a conqueror. That is so good, you know, and this is true for you. If you know Jesus, this is true for you. More than a conqueror in this exact thing that is so hard, that is so painful, that feels so taxing. I am more than a conqueror. That's, that's a big promise. There's so much promise here. And when we find a promise of this magnitude, this big, we also find huge hope, so much hope. And, and never forget, our hope 
does not disappoint us when it is hope that is given to us from the Lord. It will not, cannot ever disappoint when it's hope sent from him to us. And when we find it in God's word, that's exactly what it is. Hope sent from the Lord to us. How does it sound to you to be promised that you will gain an overwhelming victory? All right, I'm going to give you a little scenario here. I'm going to paint a picture for you. Just think about this for one second. Think about you're a runner and you are racing against Usain Bolt. Okay, yeah, it would kind of be a given that he would have an overwhelming victory. Not like, there's not any of this, like when, when somebody runs against Usain Bolt, there's not like, hold on, folks, hang on, hang on. They, they need to look at the tape. We, we got to determine who actually crossed the finish line first. Like, oh, it's too close to call. Like, I can't, with the naked eye, we can't even, we can't tell. We can't tell. We've got to look at this from multiple angles. Who won? <laughs> no, it's not like that at all. It's like this. This is what overwhelming victory is like. It's like this. The runner won the race by actually lapping her opponents, his or her opponents, multiple times. It's that kind of a win. Usain Bolt, he won his races so soundly, decisively, without question. He even slowed up a bit at the end of many of his races. You've probably seen it where he kind of leans back. He leans back. He's not straining forward like most runners, straining to cross the finish line first and to get the best possible time. He'd slow up and lean back and cheese, cheese to his fans, cheese for the cameras, smile, kind of do a little pose even while he's running across the finish line. He won so overwhelmingly that he could kind of take it easy and actually enjoy himself as he came across that finish line. How great is that to think about, like in spiritual terms? I want that. I want that. I want to be able to enjoy my time on this big blue ball because I know that I am promised overwhelming victory. And so I don't have to strain and I don't have to worry and I don't have to fret. I can run my race from victory, from victory, um, if you haven't seen what Cooper Cup said following the Super Bowl, I would encourage you to look it up. Cooper Cup, after the Super Bowl that was just played in February of 2022, it's he ran his he he played his postseason from victory. It's it's very inspiring. You should look it up. If as a Christian, I think you'll there are a lot of parallels you can snag from it and say thank you, Lord. That can be true of me as well. Okay, so it's from victory. Run your race from victory. You don't have to hope that somehow you manage by the skin of your teeth because you're promised overwhelming victory. In Romans 8, you're promised this, so it's yours. Overwhelming victory is yours. It's mine. This is your promise. Let's just believe it. Verse 38 tells us that nothing, nothing whatsoever can separate us from the love of our Lord. It's kind of reiterating what was said in verse 35. I reviewed those just a couple minutes ago, but now it's looking at it from a different angle. So Paul is not going to let us on the hook. He's not going to give us an out for our doubt or a disbelief. He's just, he really is shoring us up and saying, you got to know this is true. You got to know this is true. Here's what he says, cannot separate us from the love of God in verse 38. Death, life, Angels or demons, fears for today, worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell. All right, let's pause there. Let's pause on that for a second. Not even the powers of hell. Don't give zero thought to the powers of hell, because if you do that, you will never spend time praying and binding Satan and his evil demons and their work. They want to come in. They want to wreck on you. They want to trash your life. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, said said Jesus, right? But he, Jesus then said, but I come to give you life to the full, abundant life. You, know, you want to be praying that Satan's work will be thwarted, that he will be bound, that it will come to no effect. And pray that for other people. So don't be like, well, I'm never going to think about Satan again. 
um, think about it in terms of prayer. Bind him. Do the spiritual work in prayer to uh, pray blessings and protection over your family, over yourself, over your, over your loved ones, your church family, um, your finances, your career, your health. Do that by all means. Prayer is the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. It's not something to just push aside for later. And the amount of time we spend on the scroll, on the Instagram, uh, you know, it proves that we have ample time for prayer. So keep praying. Don't let this verse convince you that well, I don't have to. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I don't have to pray about it. Anymore. Worry? No. Pray? Yes. Okay. So. Um, you know, pray for other people too, that the work of Satan would be utterly destroyed, totally demolished, so stunted that it is unable to have any growth or make any impact at all. We have an enemy. We do. If it were not true, Jesus would never have talked about our enemy, the devil, but he is a defeated enemy. So pray from a place of victory overwhelming victory because he's a defeated foe, but you still need to pray because he is still, you know, doing what he does, which is never anything good, quite frankly. Okay. Um, back to our verse. Sorry about that as an aside, but actually I'm not sorry to encourage you to pray. I don't know why I said that. I shouldn't say I'm sorry for something that is one of the greatest gifts and privileges that you have in this world. For, for us to know that Jesus is our Lord, our Savior, our Master, that means we who are disciples of Christ should pray with some serious God-given authority. You know who your Lord is, so pray with authority that comes from knowing who your Lord is, because not even the powers of hell can ever separate us from God's love. You cannot be separated from it because you're so immersed in it that it is literally in him, in Jesus, that you live and move and have your being. You're like, you're swimming in it. You and the love of God are inseparable. And that's really good news. That's really good news. I hope that encourages you today because it should, it should. No power from anywhere above or below Nothing in the whole of creation will ever be able to separate us from his love. We really are just wrapped up in it, safe in his care. And when we live in a state of utter trust that God cannot and will not do anything apart from his loving kindness toward us, we live a whole lot more free, freer. We're freer. Uh, Jesus wants you free, always free, like every single day. It is for freedom then that Christ has set you free. So do not be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That is from the New Testament book of Galatians. And that is a key thing to keep in mind. You have been freed, set free, totally free, not partially free, not mostly free, not my freedom's coming someday. You have been set free. That is Jesus's will for you to be free, completely, totally, just you are free. You are wildly free. That's why he did the work of setting you free so you would be free. So remain free, stay free, believe that you're free, and then be a freedom fighter. Help other people to experience the freedom that God has for them. The tremendous love that God has for you, it was revealed through Jesus. It can't be unrevealed. You know what it is. You understand the cross. It can't be like hidden from you. You know how much he loved you because the cross shows you how much God loves you. What more could be done than what he did on the cross? Like he loves you. And that is the final message of Romans chapter eight. God loves you so much. So, so very much. You are free. You are safe. Nothing can separate you or me from his all encompassing love. This is the good life, folks. You're living it right now. So let's not live it like it's anything but the good life. Let's live it like it is what it actually is. You're free you're free. Life is good. Okay. Um, hang on to that. Like, I mean, take your hat off and hang it, 
Hang your hat on all the promises found in Romans chapter 8. Your God will not fail you, and your God is still in the mountain-moving, life-changing, promise-keeping business. He still is. So expect it. He's going to do a good thing. He's going to do a good thing. He's going to do a good, good thing in your life in the here and now today. I need to tell you about a podcast that I recently discovered. It's called The Reclamation Podcast, and the host is Tony Miltenberger. And I've just been loving this podcast. I'm I'm not sure I can do it justice, do an adequate job of describing it like in short order. I kind of need to use my words, a lot of them, to describe it because it's he covers a lot on his show. Like, I mean, he really, um, he doesn't have just like one, he has guests on, they're all phenomenal. He doesn't have like a, a repeat type of a format. I mean, I'm telling you what, it's, it's good and meaty every single week, every single episode. So I can't just say like, it's mostly about this. It's about, um, if I had to describe it, I would say it's about discipleship, which is ridiculously important. How do you do life well? How do you live faith, the faith life well as a Christian, as a child of God? Um, but I had to share it with you because if you're listening to my show, then this is the kind of content you're going to want more of. You will just really want to listen to the Reclamation Podcast. Living your life as a follower of Jesus, it's only going to be bettered if you dial in and listen and subscribe to his show. So look it up, the Reclamation Podcast, or you can check the links in the show notes. I put several of them there. Um, Any of them will take you where you need to go to be able to listen and subscribe. Um, I will also probably, not probably, definitely link it in my social media in the coming weeks more than once, because let's be honest, the way that algorithms work not everybody sees everyone's posts all the time. So if you don't post stuff that's really important to you more than once, then sadly, you're kind of guaranteeing that a lot of people that you care about are not going to see it. There's nothing wrong with posting again and again on things that matter to you. The same people might see it more than once. That's okay. If they know your heart, they know, you know, that you, that you're, you just want to share the good stuff, the best stuff, which is what we ought to want to do, right? Share the best stuff that we find. Uh, Just you share your stuff again. So you're going to see me sharing it multiple times on social media in the hope that fewest possible number of people miss it. It's just good stuff. So please check it out. Um, I'm confident you'll be encouraged, receive some excellent equipping, which is so important. And I mentioned in episode 98 and in this episode, the idea of a runway, you land, you land your plane and allow me to do some refueling work, if you will, disembark some things that need to get off your plane and onboard some stuff that needs to go with you on the next leg of your journey. That's my role in the body of Christ. And when I share about things like the Reclamation Podcast, that's just one more way that I'm doing the runway work, the work of the runway, the refueling. And can you tell that that that's going to be like a catchphrase, the runway? It's keeping me on mission, that phrase, and it helps listeners or followers or readers, wherever you may know me from to, you're going to know what to expect when you drop by my website, my podcast, social media, my book, whatever it might be. Whatever happens on a runway is what will happen via all my platforms, if that makes sense. And today, I hope that you feel refueled and ready for takeoff because, because everything we've talked about in Romans 8 is for you. I just want to say this one more time. Overwhelming victory is your promise. It's promised to you. Your God will not fail you. Never, no, not ever. Your God is still moving mountains, changing lives, and keeping his every promise. Believe it. Believe it. 
because it's for you. Getting the promises of God into the people of God where they belong is something I'm very passionate about. This is your promise today. All right. I'm so glad that you joined me today. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I really do mean that for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm your host, Jan L. Burt. You can find me at my website, Jan, middle initial L, Burt, with a U, B-U-R-T dot com. This show is part of the Spark Network, now playing on the Edify app. I will see you next time for episode 100. So glad you've been here. Excited for next week. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.